Hello, I'm Helen. Don't worry, this is still The Young God, a podcast for gods. I am filling in for Rodney as he is currently unavailable, working hard on season six. While he's away, he asked me to compile the best moments from each episode of the past season to prepare you for what is to come. At first I was confused because, if you've been listening, season five was legendary from start to finish. The hot takes, the gems, the revelations, the moments of candor, the brain-bursting bars. And so, I had the unenviable task of sifting through it all to select 50 moments from 50 episodes. Though the clips are arranged in no particular order, you will notice where thematic threads connect several episodes. My name is Helen. Enjoy. God bless this mic and the voice that flows through it and the ears that listen to it. God bless this mic and the message that flows through it and the heart that is open to it. God bless this mic. Amen. His voice was deep, like a storm coming, but gentle, like the rain ending. When I first started podcasting, I used to hate the sound of my recorded voice. I would listen back and I would legit be like, I do not recognize this person. Who is this? And that made me seriously uncomfortable with the content I was putting out. People would tell me I sounded amazing, like a natural, but I just couldn't hear it. I thought it was just me until I found out there is an actual name for this feeling, for this phenomenon. Voice confrontation. Here's how it works. When you speak normally, what you hear is your voice reverberating in your open skull as well as the space you're in. When you hear your recorded voice, what you hear is your voice without any of the extra reverberation. Your true voice, straight from your mouth to your ears. That's what others hear. And because our voices are a major part of our identity, it can be quite jarring when we're confronted with the true nature of our voices. Four seasons later, I've overcome my confrontation. And I hear it now. I believe it when you'll compliment my voice. My voice is dope, as in, when it hits your eardrums, it activates the pleasure chemical in your brain called dopamine. Ooh, I like this game. And, uh, and that's how The Young God now became. It wasn't called The Young God at first. I love that name. I know, right? That was the first thing that caught me when I when I when when I saw it. I was like, "The young girl, this is this is different. This is unique." You know, when you name things around you, mm-hmm. it gives you an insight to the mind that created it, yeah. right? So I can relate with that. The young girl is actually very unique. It's perfect. It's beautiful. As an artist, yeah. What do you think you need to do with your talent, with your yeah. gift? What kind of music do you think you need to make to like, you know, go to the next level? That you need to be at? Well, I think for me, I definitely need to, um, I think it's a constant thing, like you said, like we were talking about, yeah. getting to that point where you identify with your God, mm. with the God in you. Right. So it's all about improving on your skills. So now I've, um, after a while of uh, 
trying to rely on people so much for mixing, mastering, mastering music, I started to learn to do that shit myself. Right. And so at this point now I can mix. Yeah. So it's, it's 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 about all of that. So you keep on developing your 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 talent and your not just your talent but your mind, you know. And that's what I've been doing. And so I think I just need to constantly work towards being a better version of myself right. every day, you know. And that's that's what it's going to take. That, that's that God mindset that I speak about on my podcast. Like that's what the young God is. People people think sometimes that it's about um, you know, it's you know, a nice fun thing. Oh, to call oneself a God. Oh, I'm calling because I can. You know, I'm a God. Whatever. Like it's literally the mindset that you know everything happens, you know, for a reason. And if you're true to yourself and true to the process of things, you will end up exactly where you're supposed to be, regardless of where you are. Unless you die, like death is the only thing that can stop a person you know, from getting to a place. But as long as you're alive and you're doing things, you know, the right way and you keep that mindset of, you know, bringing your best self to things, showing up for yourself and doing the right things also, one way or another, you get to where you're going. It's interesting. You know, that was actually a very big concern for me after the accident happened. Like, hmm, mm-hmm, all this mm-hmm. confidence that I have, mm-hmm. isn't most of it because of how I looked? If I don't have that, how am I going to be, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, that was an interesting thing to unpack. Right after it happened. See, the less you have, the more you can be, Keshi. That's really what <laughs> what this is. This this like shows you. That's, and that's a great summary. That's so true. Cause the whole time I had gone through life, I thought my perspective was a straight line, but then I figured out that it was a ball, right? Mm. So it's like it took something pushing the ball for it to start spinning and then my illusion of self began to break and then there's stuff happening in my family and in school and so much disillusionment and disenchantment came with all of that but i can say that it was very painful but it was so necessary because i wouldn't be the person i am i wouldn't think the way i think i wouldn't consider people the way i do i wouldn't be i wouldn't be someone with depth if i didn't have those experiences i just think that's very interesting yeah everybody's a storyteller these days storytelling has become the industry buzzword that we sprinkle on our proposals and values to make ourselves seem more interesting but make no mistake there are levels to this are you really a storyteller if you haven't mastered your own story if you haven't found the thread that connects everything you've ever done everything you've been through and the person you've become Are you a hero or a villain? The victor or the victim? Are you acting out a comedy or a tragedy? You probably have no idea. That's because it's very easy to tell the stories of others, but challenging to know and tell our own. Everybody you see and meet is acting out a story, whether they know it or not. Very few people know what their story is, and you should know what your story is because because it might be a tragedy. And trust me, you don't want to be a tragedy. Life is long. The important thing is to make sure that the, the bad notions that you have don't affect you adversely by the time you realize it. That's the hope, yes. That's the hope. That you get the For chance to people, learn your mistakes before it bites you. Mentally, before, before before it hurts really, really bad. Mm. So people are unlucky, really bad, really, really bad, before they realize it.
What do you think about being the bigger person? <laughs> okay. <laughs> the reason why I'm laughing is that almost I'm always I try to be the bigger person, but mm. I think it's overrated. Ooh. I think once in a while you need to show people that you can be a small person as well, right? Mm. You know, especially in this country where people only listen to Chris. They're not crazy. Or if you do not give them the same amount of bad boosts that they give you, they won't respect you. Mm. So, you know, I think it's over, it's overrated. I mean, being the bigger person always, um, you know, brings peace, right? But sometimes peace is also overrated, especially when you want to set boundaries and pass the direct message across. <laughs> so being the bigger person is overrated. If, if you know, you need to call someone out or show, show someone the amount of same amount of grace they are showing you let them know that they cannot act a certain way towards you then by all means do it but not the one that you carry koboko and flock somebody's mother not that kind of not that kind of not that kind of thing we need to be careful how we judge other people like because I, I was watching this thing Tinder Swindler and when it started, I started to think that Sicily was a fool. Because I couldn't believe that somebody could be such a fool. And why was she a fool? And I'm putting fool in quotes now. She was a fool to me because I was thinking, how could you trust this person? How could you even put yourself in this situation? I was watching by myself, and then I started to caution myself, and that's what I take credit for. I'm, I'm able to caution myself. And then I started to caution myself that, guy, you can see this thing from the start because of the kind of society you found yourself. A very low-trust society mm-hmm. where you are automatically suspicious of the other person. Mm-hmm. You're suspicious because of the things you've heard, the things you've seen. This person is from Norway where the average person is rich, at least in the context of my own society. Yeah. The average person in Norway is rich. They, they don't want for anything that the average person in Nigeria wants for. And the average person doesn't go out to cheat the other person. Mm-hmm. Right? At least perception-wise. I'm not saying the average person in Nigeria cheats the other person, but from perception, yeah. they guide you. It's always guiding. Even the words we use, the shine phrases we use, shine your eyes. You know, like, yeah. what do you know? These are things that reflect the reality of our society. So she was engaging somebody that was from a different world based on the context of the world she was used to. Mm-hmm. Our brain has changed now from that experience. Our brain will never be the same again. Why is it that when we're driving on the road, everybody's crazy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's think back and say, okay, what are the behaviors? And then also think in terms of how do we adapt things to our behaviors? So, yes, traffic lights, this is just a random example. Yes, traffic lights work elsewhere. But in Nigeria, for some people, traffic lights is a suggestion. Maybe there's a different contraption that might work in Nigeria instead of a traffic light because mm-hmm. we're crazy anyway. Or road road markings. Nobody's going to stay in between that. Yeah, 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 so maybe yeah, yeah. rather than make the road markings straight, you make it zigzag <laughs> so that, yes, you're enjoying yourself. Do you get what I mean? We're in the middle of a, uh, a period in Nigeria where things are very hard, very dark. You know, this game utilizes the exact issues yeah. that Nigeria has yeah. and to find the beauty in it. That is what is so deeply profound about this game. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurs talk about success and building these things. They always say, solve your problem, uh-huh. right? But what you guys did, you went a step f- further. You took the problem, you didn't solve it, but you made a game out of it. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. That is next level product development. In every business I open, my number one rule is I'm involved. I don't do big boy for my businesses. Mm. I am there. I am hands on. I, like I will know. I know. I have to know much better than every single person under me. Mm-hmm. That goes with Sweet Roof. That goes with my consulting firm. That goes with the Gatsby. I have to know how to do the work. I have to know what the market prices are. I have to know how many pinches of salt goes into that soup. Right, mm. so I have to know it better than anyone else. That way, when when we are having a conversation, you know, they can't bullshit me. If any character in the Bible could have the best podcast, who would it be? Really think about this. Maybe make a list and tweet at me at I am the Young God Pod. Off the top of my head, I'm thinking of David and his Psalms, Solomon and his words of wisdom, especially with regards to women. Ruth also comes to mind, a podcast on how to be the ideal woman to a worthy man. Paul and his letters to every fucking body. Jesus Christ, obviously. Imagine the Sermon on the Mount on a podcast. And so many others, but it's none of the above for me though. My perfect podcaster would be Wait for it. The serpent and the Garden of Eden. Yes, that slippery, crafty creature would have the best podcast of them all. So what event do you think sparked this change? Like, can you pinpoint any moment, any time you just had that realization? Like, it could have been like a, like lowest moment or like some thing that just... How'd you realizing all these things? I was just tired, Rodney. Like, I was tired of going through the same emotions. Um, I, I was just tired. And I just asked myself that, what is it am I not doing right? Like, what is it? Like, I was just tired of going through the same things over and over, the same cycles, the same behaviors. Like, I was just tired. Because I was like, surely there's, there's more to life than, than what I'm experiencing currently. I wonder how many other people out there are just, like, going through the motions and just hoping that, you know, um, one day they'll feel confident enough to just, you know, actually accept everything for like everything about themselves and I, I don't know if anyone has ever felt this way I don't I don't I, I'm not going to be arrogant enough to feel like to think that I'm the only person that is dealing with this so and it's precisely because of that that I, I want to like show people that this is something that I deal with as well and so that's why I posted the picture I did I made the collage and I was like not just actually made the the one the one that was in the middle and then my me today alone but then um Last minute, I added the before the accident because I really wanted to have people to see the dramatic difference between who I was and who I am now and to somehow still understand that all of this is catchy just in different stages of life. And I'm in the place where I can accept that now, that this is all of these things are me. Where are you guys mentally, each of you? Anita, let me hear from you. Where are you where mentally? Where am I mentally? Mm-hmm. Um, compared to where I've been in the past years, I'm in a very good place. That's number one. 
Uh, number two, I'm in a place where I'm just really, really trying my best to enjoy life and myself. But I'm in a good place. I'm in a good place compared to, if you'd asked me in 2019, you probably have gotten a very sad and dark story. But right now, my outlook is a lot more optimistic. Mm -hmm. I'm more excited for the future. I'm more open to change, which for a Virgo is very, <laughs> it's not easy. Mm. It's not easy. So yeah, no, it's a, it's a good place. It's a good place. How about you, Fanny? Where am I, man? So his sister's tired. Not even going to lie. Mm -hmm. I'm sit down here and form. I'm happy 100%. Or even up to like 80%, because that's not the case. I'm tired, and I thought this vacation would be a solution. Mm -hmm. But apparently not. So now I'm just waiting for it to run over so I can go back to doing what I'm supposed to be doing instead of wasting my time here. So we know that she's in a complicated <laughs> place right now. She's tired. She's tired. She's exhausted. And it's showing on your face. <laughs> Vanessa, how about you? Where are you I'm in a good place. In a good place. A very, 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 very good place. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So at least it's not totally dark in here. When you travel to visit, it's like Yankee, like it's like all the movies you watch. Mm -hmm. You travel to Bahamas, you know, wah, 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 and then they come back. They always come back. <laughs> when you travel to leave, that's a different concept entirely, right? Then you have to factor every other thing. You have to factor taxes, you have to factor work, you have to factor timing, you have to factor so many other things, mm -hmm. right? And when you look at the other things you have to factor, sometimes you cannot even say you don't want to do it again because you have really, all your family members have said, yeah, so don't come back, oh, go, you have, you have made it, you have made it for us. So you are stuck there, being depressed, nobody knows that you're depressed, being, hating yourself, getting upset, and then you don't virtually know when you start doing bullshit for just some little funds that you can use to take care of yourselves. I've noticed that people tend to fall into two categories. The one day as who have their minds focused on future happiness one day, and the remember whens, who long for their past glory days like childhood or something. I have met only a few people who have learned to live in the Kairos, the here and now. Where do you fall in? Are you always about one day, or are you always reminiscing about childhood or uni when things were simpler? Most millennials fall into one or the other, and it's not even a generalization. Think about it. It's always a race with us, a race to graduate, to get a job, to marry, to have kids, to meet up with our mates, to do what everyone is doing as opposed to living in the kairos of your life. remember not too long ago, a woman asked me when last I cried. I said it's been a long while and she was like, you must have some unresolved emotional problems. You'll soon explode. And she'd only just met me. Social media makes people, particularly women, think they have a psychology degree, I swear. There are women who make such snap judgments daily based on some shit they saw on Instagram. Without any context, without giving grace. Not wanting to cry or being overly expressive is considered as a red flag by many women today. It's ridiculous. We often blame our parents for being judgmental, but we are just as judgmental. We just aim our prejudice at different things. 
But it, it has fed a very interesting kind of psychosis, okay. right? Yeah. This idea of perfection, because perfection also, like, to my mind, feeds idealism. Because idealism is, you know, sort of a, a, a conception of things based on their perfect form, yeah. the ideal, or what we have, what we conceive to be their, their, their perfect form. So perfection has fed this... I mean, it's always been there, but it seems like there's almost a mainstream of idealism, which is why you can't actually have discussions anymore because somebody wants to have an ideal discussion yeah. that is totally devoid of context. And you ask yourself, why are people so given to wanting to have ideal discussions that lack context and so lack any real solution? Mm-hmm. You just want to talk. And when you, you see that, and somebody says, well, actually, and say something that conceptually <laughs> makes sense, but contextually is absolutely unnecessary and there's no need to confuse issues, except you have a desire to find some kind of state. Yeah. It's, it's weird, you know? <laughs> so um, I, I say that because the idea of perfection has fed, I mean, it's fed so many things and, and continues to then become more mainstream yeah. to me. So even the idea of a perfect girl or a perfect guy, we all say, yeah, I know nobody's perfect, but we find that many times our evaluation of relationships is based on perfection, which we already know is unattainable. If we know it's unattainable, why are we bitching when people don't meet it? By the time you reach a certain age, you can feel like you've seen it all. Like, once you've met one person, you've met them all. Because people today are so the same. And that's a weird thing to say because each person that exists and has ever existed is absolutely unique, but only theoretically. Socialization and globalization make it so that the uniqueness we are born with gets blurred out over time. And so we kind of like start to act more like each other and less like ourselves. Think about it. We all watch the same TV shows, follow the same news, have the same worries and social pressure, listen to the same music, We were raised more or less the same way, worshipped the same way, and hung out in the same social circles. So when you get to know people, even though they are unique, it's still the same issues, the same stories, the same trauma, the same conversations, the same dance you've had a thousand times over. A fulfilling relationship is not something you find. It's something you create. To create it, you need to have range. You need to have imagination and patience. You also need to understand that no matter who you find, they're going to be full of flaws like you are. I think you want to find someone you can trust, someone that you are attracted to, and perhaps someone who shares the same ambitions as you do, or at least has ambitions that are compatible with yours. Then pretty much all of it is what you create rather than what you find. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look at what happened recently with the Obama thing. I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Obama. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people who are more self-aware drew a lot of inspiration from that. But mm-hmm. trust me, majority of people who saw that, I'm sure that would have sunk a lot of people into deeper depressions from where they were at. So, mm-hmm. me, I just think, see the money where one use. Well, do you understand? It's my business for flow. <laughs> 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 
people are, you know, I, I've never seen like that that many new notes in one place in my entire life. Bro, trust me, it's wild. Bro, the numbers, the logistics of that entire three day weekend, the number. Like, you can't even fathom it. I don't think like it should be a historical event. What happened? Yes, there has to be some world record, you know. She shook my hand and said, Hi Rodney, I'm Amaka, nice to meet you. Amaka, Igbo babe to the core, this will not be easy. I leaned closer, I kid you not, when she shook my hand, I leaned closer so that her friends wouldn't hear the next things I was about to say. Only Amaka was privy to this information. Remember, Amaka works in finance according to her co-worker. So I leaned in and spoke directly into Amaka's right ear. I said, I want to finance your fine ass. Amaka said, what? <laughs> she had that confused smile on her face like, what did I just hear? I said, I want to finance your fine ass. For whatever reason, people think they have to commit to one interest, one skill, one means of expression. But skills are not people. They don't get jealous when you take interest in other skills. In fact, they encourage it because iron sharpeneth iron. You level up your other skills as you acquire newer ones. You don't have to enter a committed, exclusive relationship with coding. You can explore cooking, kiss design, make out with law, and hang out with fashion as well. You can be in a polyamorous relationship with two or more skills, and none of your other skills will ever get their feelings hurt. The only heartbreak is when you let a skill fade from lack of use or when you abandon your interest for a paycheck out of fear, laziness or following the crowd. That's the real tragedy. Apart from that, because it's free for all. There's just so much wrong with religion. People now throw the baby out with the bathwater. What I try to tell people is that that is you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. If you're able to compartmentalize and understand that reading the Bible as a fact for fact or logical thing might it might not make sense but if you read it as a way to understand the world mm. and understand yourself whether it's Old Testament or New Testament everything makes sense but when you look at it through oh um, do you know that the Bible doesn't like have enough women in it yeah now you're asking for <laughs> now, now you're, 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 you're going off the, yeah, yeah. the tangents that's what I feel man I feel like it's a manual on how to live how to be and then how to be but then especially here in nigeria we kind of like remix it in such a way that it's now become so uh, like uh. <laughs> and that's the thing being woke these days means intellectualizing everything but there are some things that are above intellectualization too often the conversations we have are too mind-centered and not enough from the heart the mind can make problems where there are none and justify anything. So when you use the mind as the sole means of measuring human behavior, particularly in mothers, you miss the point entirely. But when it's heart-based, it's a different, more dynamic, more nuanced interaction and proliferation of ideas. It's just a better time. Intellectualizing everything instead of deploying empathy and compassion at crucial moments is one of the pitfalls of woke culture in general. I just never expected our mothers, of all people, to be victims of it.
the, the relationship between a mother and her first son is so powerful and, and that you have the feeling that your child is so perfect and is the best of the world. But the thing is that you raising boys, you all also have to keep in mind that you have to tell them when it's not right and, and what their behavior is not right. And it's very difficult, I think, for a mother to accept that her child might be, uh, might have done something mm. bad or wrong and stuff. And I know that in some very traditional families where also the, 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 the boy has a very special place in the, in the family for um, the mothers, they are also responsible for the fact that their, their child misbehave. From time to time, I've had women respond to some of my hot takes with, you don't know women. My response to them has always been, even women don't know women. I don't claim to be an expert on women, but I care enough to have these conversations. I have a point of view that's worth listening to. I stay learning about women and learning from them. I've had conversations with women that women themselves have never had with each other, if you can believe it. And that gives me a unique point of view, a kind of credibility almost. To the point where I have developed an understanding that allows me to come on this platform and say certain things with my chest. Let's take a moment to pause and breathe. Relieve the tension. Whatever you're doing, close your eyes, take a deep breath. In through the nose. Out through the mouth. One more time, in through the nose, out through the mouth. Let's resume. But then it dawned on me, the reason some people are so surprised by my consistency is that the idea of sticking to something, especially if the rewards are not immediate, is alien to them. A lot of people can't relate they're surprised I stay consistent because they've quit so many times. And that's the story when it comes to a lot of young people today. Interested in everything, but committed to nothing. Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. I didn't have any deep, dark trauma to unpack. So we talked about my interpretation of the world and the things that have happened to me. How I deal with my problems and the lessons I've learned. I talked about my past and my present and how I use the Young God idea as a way to organize my life. How I use my podcast as a tool for flawless self-expression and the joy it brings me. I talked about my relationship with my brother, my mother, my father, my siblings, and how that has informed my character. I talked about my relationship with women. I opened up about my, my fears, hopes, and dreams. In summary, I didn't have wounds to show, so I showed her my scars. At some point, the session graduated from a one-sided session to a back-and-forth conversation about all kinds of things. It's like we took turns being each other's therapists. So most women perhaps may understand relationships as if they're happy in it. Yes, mm. but that happiness is not somebody else. It can, nobody can make that for you because nobody will keep that up for you. So if you're saying, I'm not happy in the relationship, I mean, step. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. But you will step till you die, my dear, until you realize that that happiness is inside you, that you'll find it wherever the fuck you are. 
Who's having those discussions? So as a man now, apart from all the struggle in the world, now you have to be carrying out to manufacture another woman's joy. Because if she loses weight and she's not radiating, it's on you too, bro. I have a thing for men that just well put, like not a hair out of place. You look like you take your time before you leave your goddamn house. Because I find a lot of men don't do They don't cream their legs. <laughs> bro, I can be talking to a guy and I look down at his feet and that's the end. Because if you can't cream a part of your body, who are you going to take care of me? As much as women love their orgasms, there is none she respects, holds in higher esteem than the man who has the power to give them to her. There is none she's more at the mercy of than the one who can make her come on command. That's why it's called orgasm, not orgas her. Stay woke, Kings. He never minced words. Came in there for the money, so it's what brings the money that he's doing. Uh, if it's what brings the money that he's doing, then then that nigga got what he wanted. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that, that's that's fair. Do you, you get? Know, but... So now, when you understand that that's what he was, he kept saying like, I mean here, I mean, I mean this for the money. Then you no longer sort of, or rather, for me, it no longer, you know, I, I no longer felt a compulsion to even critique his delivery style because I realized what the objective was. It wasn't necessarily for the art of it. But it was though. I mean, it was for the money. It was for the money, but then he did it well. He did it like it wasn't for the money. You know why? Because that's how you get the money. Okay. That's how you get the money. You do it so well, like it ain't for the money, but that's what brings the money. That's excellence. Let that sink in. Who's there? It's me, the sink. Someone said to me before, say, oh, you are at the top of the pyramid in your industry. And I said, uh, I don't want to be at the top of the pyramid. I said, what do you mean? I said, if you're not at the top of the pyramid, where do you want to be? Because you're already at the top. I said, I don't want to be at the top of the pyramid. I want to be the pyramid. <laughs> so that's why I said, George, just stop talking. Stop. These people are making you feel like you have done something. Yes. We've gone come somewhere, mm -hmm. but just calm down. Mm. When it's time to talk, you you know, when you talk, it's powerful. So I want to be the pyramid. And that's how I, that's the best version of who I know I can become. I know that I can become. I think I understand which, why you stop doing interviews now. Because people see where you are. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they are just trying to cap it. Yes, you know, they say, ah, George, legendary, Allah, shut up. What is legendary? Mm -hmm. He's done nothing. Mm -hmm. He's done nothing. What are you people seeing that I'm not seeing? Let me show you what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. Right now, you're not seeing anything. You have, you are, you, I know what I'm going through, right? Mm -hmm. I know what I'm going through, and then you're seeing something else. Let me step back so that I can show you what you want to see. This might be weird to say, and I've said a lot of weird things on this podcast, but I discovered there's an endless source of enjoyment in engaging with a good therapist. Someone who can keep up, who doesn't take things personally, 
someone who's trained to understand, especially if you don't have emotional problems. Just banter and insights. I found that joy with my therapist. Because normal people get in their feelings so easily. Everyone's so sensitive, so quick to label, so quick to make entire judgments of your character based on an opinion. It's ridiculous. I'll just be in my head judging them like, look at you, so emotional. Would you consider yourself like emotionally intelligent? Very. Yeah? Very. Are you a player? Am I a player? <laughs> Am I a player? I'm not a player. The way I, I put it like this always, I'm a deep woke womanizer. Yeah. And what that means, what that means is that while a player goes around um, oblivious to the feelings of the women whose hearts he hurts mm -hmm. and, you know, all the different things he's doing, I care very much. I'm very sensitive to these things. You know, I understand yeah. how, um, how a person can change for better or for worse by being with another person. You know, yeah. so I've, I've made it my thing that if I'm going to be with anyone, they're going to be better by being with me in that way. Yeah. So why am I might not yeah. be settling or committing, you know, full time with that person? It's not going to just be a, a, a thoughtless, um, emotionless entanglement. Yeah. It's going to be really yeah. nice and wholesome and tasteful and you're going to get the best of me while I'm there. Yeah. That's yeah. my thing. Nigerian men, I've noticed that we're not thinking in the same direction and they are very, very... I'm sorry, I don't mean all Nigerian men. Let me rephrase this. Nigerian men that I personally have dated mm -hmm. are lazy, number one. Mm. Number two, thinking is different. And I don't like, I don't like men who are, are very manipulative. Right. And I feel like I, I feel like I meet the same type a lot. Mm. And this year was the year that I, I go against my type. I go against the men that I am firstly attracted, attracted to, or I firstly want to. Yeah, sorry. I firstly want to. This year, I will go against everything and everything because definitely my type is not the best type for me. Yeah, because I was, I don't know, like fine boys. I'm sorry, I feel like fine boys don't have a lot to offer. Wow. Um, I, I, As a I resident think... fine boy here, I'm very... <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> 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 they don't have a lot to offer. It's, it's sad. It's sad. Do you guys think you're able to be yourselves around these women? Of course. Just know you feel that these women allow you to be yourselves. You know, not a version of it. No, at this point in our lives, yes. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because there's so grown men now. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, there's not nothing really to hide. Right? To hide, exactly. I used to yeah. be embarrassed about saying things about myself growing up, but right mm -hmm. now I am. I come as I am. Like if you talk to me about this thing you observe, I'm open to dialogue. Like let's talk about mm -hmm. it. Let's right, treat, right. Let's address I don't think you should even be with any woman that makes you. Yeah, like try to be yourself. Yeah, because yeah. how can you, how long can you keep that up? Yeah, exactly. Is it is a different thing to be uh, to be with someone that's trying to improve you or be a better version of yourself? Or being a completely different person. If I'm, no. if I'm, if I'm with a girl or boy, like if I'm in a situation where I have mm. to pretend to be somebody else. Yeah, I'm with a girl or boy. No, I mean like in the presence. Something you long believed to be true, but then realized it wasn't. 
Any I go be, go be. It's not true. I always felt that way. Any I go be, go be, go make up for this life. Everywhere good job. Nah, success is intentional. Yeah. You don't dabble into it. Most people who have, have become successful had to first be and attracted it, right? As a saying, it says, success is not what you pursue, it's what you attract as a reason of who you become. Yeah. So you must first be that person to attract it. So nobody by high, it go be, it go be. Not like you. That's why <laughs> 99% of lottery winners lose it. But the beauty for me, though, is that there's always something to live for. If you're listening, <laughs> there's always something to live for. There's really always something yes, to live for. Always, there's, always. There's, sometimes there's that momentary feeling. But it's not enough to let go in the moment. Always understand that there's always something ahead. You know, there's that momentary feeling of death is better. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, probably are right. But in the context of what you could become in the future, it's unlikely. Because yeah. there's always a lot more. Beyond even family, beyond even friends, beyond any tears that might happen, there's always someone, there's always something always ahead something. of you that is more beautiful than the moment you found yourself where you're thinking death is better. I'm neither pro-choice nor pro-life. I'm, I'm pro-common sense. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and the common sense for me is, first of all, six weeks is too short, especially because women don't all experience pregnancy the same way. Like, they don't yeah, show the same that's way. that's true. Um, mm-hmm. Two, if abortion must be illegal, there should be considerations made for things like rape or incest yeah oh my yeah. goodness i didn't even think about incest oh my goodness <laughs> yeah yeah it is Ooh, oh there's... <laughs> <laughs> you know <clears throat> and then apart from that it's now like abortion is it's not a pretty thing like it's not a pretty procedure at all like just like the ethics of it all you know what i mean so i'm saying to myself okay right on one hand, I can see a reason for abortion. On the second hand, it's like abortions themselves are very, you know, very, like, you know what I mean, right? There's a thing about it, just... Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's not think, a small thing. I think the moral, the moral part of us just fights the concept yeah. of abortion. Fellas, you might be tempted to ask her body count. Don't. Because you don't want to know. Just be happy you're the one who's in there right now and keep it moving. First of all, no matter what she says, it's too much for you. Even two is one too many for you. Second of all, ain't no way she's going to tell you the truth. She will lie under oath. She will swear on the Bible and she will tell you the wrong number. She will only count her boyfriends, not the flings. Not the miscellaneous sexual encounters. Not that one night stand with the guy they met at the club. Or the time they got with celebrity. Or the time she did it in Zanzibar. As far as she's concerned, that's a whole other country. It doesn't count. Only domestic dick counts in this conversation. My nigga, fear them. Oh, I, I feel like, you know, I didn't know I had a style till people started to point out that I had a style. So mm. I was just doing my thing. And then I would receive comments like, I knew it was, it was your work before I saw the handle. Mm. Oh, I knew it has you. And then I was like, I kept asking them, like, are you serious? And then they were like, hey, it's your style. And that was when I realized I had a style. I don't think styles are something, I don't think, you know, it's something that you consciously do. 
mm. I feel like it's it's like from trial and error. So you're doing so many things and trying so many spells, and then maybe you like one thing, and then you consistently do it, right? And that's how you get your style. So I think that was how I got my style because it was definitely not conscious. Would like to say that you perform with a lot of depth, with a lot of knowledge. You know, coming from the days of the Civil War and people that were unjustly killed, about two million Igbos died from that, you know. So what I see are these guys behind me and me singing for them, you know, to console them. And I see the ancestors as well. I've lost friends as a result of some of the things I've said and the stories I've told. Well, to be fair, it's just been one friend. But in losing that friend, I've made hundreds more. You win some, you lose some, as long as the outcome is income. You have no idea how close-minded you really are, how limited your worldview is. People like to brag about how small their circles are, and that's cool, but when it comes to empathy, bigger is better. Keep your social circle small, but your empathy circle big. You don't have to like a person to at least try to see their point of view or understand their life. But it seems a lot of people think empathy only applies to people they like or look like. That's not empathy. That's not even love. It's just discrimination. Mere mortal behavior. Live a good life. If there is a God and he is just, then he will not care how devout you have been, but will welcome you based on the virtues you've lived by and the lives you've touched, and the good you've done. If there's a God, but he's unjust, then you should not want to worship him. You should not want to devote your life to an unjust God. And if there's no God at all, then you will die and you will be gone. But you would have lived a noble life that will live on in the memories of your loved ones. If you've lived right. So in the end, all that really matters are your actions, followed by your intentions, followed by your thoughts, and then your words. Food for thoughts. How about that? There is something in each individual that's valuable, regardless of their way of life and way of thinking. They have this potential that can be brought forth, and when brought forth, will allow them ascend to the best version of themselves. That God level that I speak about religiously on this podcast. How do you access that valuable thing? It's simpler than you think. You pick the right goal and commit to it. What's the right goal? It's high. It's way above your current level. It's seemingly beyond your reach. You don't know what you could become by chasing this goal. You don't know how precisely you will get there or where that journey will take you. But it's your North Star. It's a source of light in the darkness, something to aim at when things get hard. It's in striving to achieve this goal every day that you bring out your best self and learn what you're made of. Somewhere along the way, you get a glimpse of what you could become. You get a glimpse of that valuable thing that has been hidden within. It is at this point that the universe and all kinds of forces begin to validate you and conspire to get you to your goal. That's the secret. This is the way. So as you go about your journey, as you listen to this podcast, as you internalize the various stories and conversations I, I produce and put forth, I hope you stumble upon something that lets you know what to do and where to go. 
I hope you receive renewed energy and commitment and conviction to keep striving, to keep being the difference, to keep being a force for good in a world that makes it terribly difficult to be good. Just as my father gave me that gift at the perfect time, I trust that as you stay the course, you will receive the sign, the push, the gift that lets you know that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. This is the young God. It's God talk. Let God talk. It brings some excitement to the word of God. Also said to ask you to follow the podcast on Instagram at the Young God Pod and Twitter at I am the Young God for exclusive content and updates. Once again, I am Helen, and it's been my pleasure filling in for Rodney, who, by the way, is extremely busy. He promises to be back with a bang. Until next time, I'm Helen, and this is the Young God. <laughs>